Welcome to the Yom Yun Podcast, where we analyze the gutters from Shas, the conceptual non-law parts of the Talmud with the rational metaphorical method. Please email me with comments or questions, Bailey at gmail.com. We are on Samachesimah Bay 68b in this deep, deep story about the king of the demons and King Solomon. We shall continue Ashmadai's peculiar behavior. He saw a blind man who lost was lost on the road, and he brought him to the correct road. See, he's a Boy Scout, not just a scholar. This is a demon. He saw a drunk who was lost on the road, and he brought him to the correct road. He saw the joy of a wedding celebration, and he cried, He's a very emotional demon. Yep. He heard a certain man say to a shoemaker, maybe a blacksmith, make me shoes. No, shoemaker, shoemaker. Make me shoes that will last for seven years. And he laughed. He saw a certain sorcerer performing magic, and he laughed. This is a demon with a sense of humor, a joker. When Ashmedai arrived there in Jerusalem... They did not bring him before Solomon for three days, and we will explain his peculiar behavior later. On the first day, he said to him, Why doesn't the king want me to go to him? That's what Ashmedai said to them, this, the guards. They said to him, He drank too much. Ashmedai took a brick and placed it in another brick, and the servants came and told Shlomo what he did. He said to them, this is what he said, give him more drink. So Ashmedai knew about the hair of the dog. Being a phys- the physical side of a, ma- of a person, of man, he was indeed, my interpretation is, he was indeed well-versed in some of these physical remedies, partying, methods of partying. The following day, Ashmanai said, Why doesn't the king want me today? He ate too much, overcome by food. Ashmanai took a brick off the other brick and put it on the ground, and they told Shlomo, This is what you should do, withhold food from him. I guess a food hangover, the best solution is don't eat. At the end of three days, Ashmanai came before Shlomo. He took a reed and measured four cubits in the ground, and he threw it before him. He said to Shlomo, See, when that man Shlomo dies, he will have nothing in this world except four cubits of his grave. Now you have conquered the entire world. You are not satisfied. You will also conquer me. Shlomo said to him, I need nothing from you. I want to build the Besamejash, the temple, and I need the Shamir. So this is a powerful exchange, and we shall take a lesson from alcoholics, drug addicts, and reel them in for our purposes. It's almost impossible to convince someone in active addiction to stop. I'd love to take a lesson from this Gemara to try to invent something, but usually they hit rock bottom, and they're afraid to die. 
lose their family, perhaps they've lost their family, then they would probably make themselves dead, Halila. So I believe here we can expand it to other parts. You know, a person really wants to grow once they realize how their actions can be destructive. And ultimately, the desire of Yitzhahara is to make us physical and fade away, to destroy us. And we have to harness it to be constructive. That's why this Gemara has Ashmedai, the Shamir. We're not meant to vanquish Yitzhahara. We're meant to harness it. It is like the analogy of intellect and emotions. That's popular. There's a wise man riding an elephant. We think we can be so smart, use our intellect like the wise man. But really emotions, as I understand the book, are extremely powerful. We must use emotions as well to spur us, to guide us, to get us to change. So on a smaller level, someone has an emotional problem or even just an intellectual problem like Shlomo HaMelech, what they need to do is shake off the eating and drinking, forget about the luxuries of royalty, forget about the extra amounts of money that they got beyond what they're supposed to get, and think about that they will just be six feet under one day. And I'm going to call this the Koheles mentality, the Koheles lifestyle. Rabbi Yonasan says, Shira Shirim Kasav Tehillah V'achak Mishle V'achak Shlomo HaMalach wrote three books. First, Shir Hashirim, the passion of the relationship. Then, Mishle, he got wise in the middle age. And afterwards, or he got wise as he got older. He was pretty young. And afterwards, Koheles. When you get old, you think about, I'm saying this, when you get old, you think about death. And what's really important is the Torah. The whole book is, the physical world is really Futile, nothingness. Don't be, no, but not to be depressed. Go do Torah. Go study involved in religion. Rabbi Yochanan says from Derek Eretz, when a person is young, he sings. He grows older, he says analogies. He gets old, he says Havalim. Rabbi Yanai, Hamoid, Rabbi Ima Amar, Kol Modem Shekohel Pesof Amar. Kohelis must be at the end. Other people say, I have other sources. Other people say it was in the middle. So if you look, they both fit here. Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, when he was young, he had the passion. He was raring the kingdom to go. He was getting married. He was involved. And then in the middle of his life, the wisdom gave him a shock that he needed to change his life. Wisdom, Mishle, or Kohelis. It was that thought of, wow, I am mortal. I must go and just be constructive. And what does it mean? I, 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 I don't want I don't want any I don't want anything from you. I want to build the base midrash, the temple. Well he does want something from him. What it means is I don't want anything from you in the physical realm, the temporal realm. I must do something noble, which is really Linking me to everyone in the community. There's no self. And also, I'm, I'm reminded when Ashvadai says to Shlomo, you've conquered the whole world, you want to conquer me? It reminds me of the Gemara in Tamid that speaks about Alexander's Mukdon, Alexander the Macedonian, 
where he went to visit these Amazonian women and asked them for bread, and they brought him gold. They said, why would Alexander the Great come here to get gold? It must Come here to get bread. It must be you want gold. When somebody's a conqueror, people view them as someone who is just obsessed with wealth. Or even someone, forget conquerors, only so many conquerors, but someone's a conqueror in the boardroom, and if they make a lot of money, people have a reputation. So someone says, no, I'm not that physical conqueror, even though I'm in charge of the world. I am a constructed man. I need, I want to build a base of Middash. I need the Shamir. So Ashmedai says, it's not given to me, it's given to the minister of the sea. He gives it to the wild rooster, and he is entrusted with an oath in order to keep it. So now we have more parts of this metaphor. So initially, a person has to have an encounter with Zachar and Nekeva, male and female aspects and relationship. Then they need to get a handle on their, on their logic, the rationale, get a handle on the emotions, the self-talk, uh, the spoiling of oneself, and not stop being destructive, realize their mortality. And then a person has to get involved in humility, humbling oneself to really hear the truth and to harness Ashmedai and emotions. So the minister of the sea, again, water, wisdom of Torah, or, or minister of the sea, desires, getting those desires in order. Wild rooster is trusted. So again, here we go again with the chickens. So, the occult. A person has to get his imagination in order so he doesn't have magical thinking, indulgences such as Lilith and Igres Vasmachlas, we'll see later. No imagination for desire, for corruption. A person has to be rational and harness the emotions. So, what does a wild rooster do with it? He brings it to mountains that are not fit for habitation, places the Shamir on the craggy rock and the mountain splits. He takes and brings seeds of the trees and puts them there and makes them fit for habitation. Okay. Mountains are a metaphor for arrogance versus humility, continuum. A person's supposed to be like a medium or smaller mountain so that they have self-respect but they're not arrogant. So this means that a person has to break their own arrogance if they want to truly have growth and conquer the evil inclination, it involves humility. And the humility does not exist in these addicts that I've met. But afterwards, after they hit rock bottom, become humble, then there's humility. Or if someone has an emotional problem, uh, someone has incorrect logic, someone has contentious relationships, it involves humility. And I would say nowadays, obviously you gotta build them up before you break them down. Um, person has to build up that mountain to have self-esteem and self-confidence, and then they can pound themselves reasonably to have humility. And what happens after you humble yourself? Your mountain is split. Then, as this Gemara says, seeds can go there to make habitation. So you, that is fertile ground for personal growth and advancing to the future. And this is why in the Torah, the duchifas is, an, is a non-kosher bird. It's called a mountain buster, a mountain cutter. Because this, this animal is, this is the same animal. 
it is a the bird. The bird is the one that busts the mountains. Okay, but the Shomer is still Shomer. All right. So I believe this is Ben Ayahu. It says Badaku. I guess they investigated the nest of the wild rooster, and there were chicks in there. He covered the nest with the translucent glass. So when the rooster came and wanted to enter, unable to do so, the rooster brought the shomer worm to break it open. And Shlomo's servant put a clump of dirt, threw a clump of dirt at the rooster and knocked him over and took the shomer. And then the wild rooster strangled itself because it did not keep its oath. So having children again involves Yitzhahara. It involves a certain imagination of how the relationship with the spouse will go. Even after that, imagination is shattered and people have to fuse and have a more practical relationship. It had its useful purpose, this limerence phase, the honeymoon phase, um, the imagination and the desire coming together. And that creates um, chicks, the, the chickens, the children in the family. Um, so I don't think here it means if a person doesn't give in to their imagination and desire, they're going to kill part of themselves. But what it means here is that um, they changed the natural order of things. So the part of the person that wanted the desire is stifled, blocked. Um, so you have to get the shamer to build the base of Midrash. You have to get this shamer animal to break oneself to have humility to stop the cycle of desire, but the but Yitzhahara, emotions and imagination will be very frustrated when a person does that. But if you take your time, you'll be able to balance it out. Okay. We return to Ashmanai's peculiar behavior. So Ben Yahu said to Ashmanai, what is the reason you saw a blind man lost on the road? You put him on the road. Ashmanai said, they proclaimed about him in heaven that he is a completely righteous man. Anyone who does good for his soul, a nice little nachas ruach, alleviation. Anyone who does that for him will merit the world to come. So pause here. Well, again, peculiar. What's this demon doing? So I believe what this is is a series of examples of how in life we can have mixed motivations or, or a base desire or a selfish desire can lead to something good. You know, if somebody's on a board, some, somebody donates money or they on a board of a school. So on the one hand, they can get um, prestige and control. Um, on the other hand, it's uh, they can get prestige and control. They can do, do good things for their child, but the root might have been in the attention, getting attention and the arrogance and jealousy. A person can... Like this example, say, I want to get some credit in heaven. I'm going to go help this person. It's a completely selfish motive, but it has a positive impact on someone else. There's Tov and Ra mixed together. There's the physical and the temporal, and there's also the mitzvah. Okay, what is the reason that when you saw the drunk man who was lost on the road, you put him on the road? There was a proclamation in heaven, he's a wicked man, and I did good for him, so he will consume his reward in this world. Okay, so you see Tov and Ra, and then Ra and Tov mixed together. 
So Ashmedai wanted to mess over this wicked man in a good sense, so he did something good for him. Good and bad mixed together. It's very confusing. But it is not pure good. It is harnessing ourselves to do that. What is the reason when you saw the joy of the wedding, you cried? Ashmanai said, the man will die within 30 days. He cried because the man will die within 30 days. His wife is required to wait for the Yabam, this Leverite marriage. She has to wait to marry or be rejected by the husband's brother, who's a minor, to reach the age of 13 years. So that's a sad thing. So this is more of the Kohelis mentality, the Mishle mentality, that sometimes when things seem to be joyful, they might be depressing. Sometimes when things seem to be sad, they might be happy. You never know about life. That's the harsh irony of the Kohelis lifestyle. That is the strange nugget of knowledge from the Mishle lifestyle. So you heard a shoemaker make shoes for seven years. You laughed. Ashmanai said, that man does not have seven days to live. He needs shoes for seven years. He does not need shoes for seven years. He's going to die. What is the reason when you saw that sorcerer performing magic, you laughed? He was sitting on the king's treasury, the big Giza. Let him use his magic to know where, what's underneath him. Ha! Silly. Absolute silliness. Okay. And the Gemara continues. Shlomo kept Ashmadai around. Shlomo kept Ashmadai around for too long. And then he was eaten alive, and Ashmadai took over the kingdom. We will save that for next time.